We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Gets it, spins away, baseline shot, Shea puts it in, and walks it off in OKC. Giddy keeps it himself and takes it up as he glides with the finger roll. What is up and welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I'm your host for tonight, Nick, and I'm joined by Jacob Niffin as the Thunder beat the Philadelphia 76ers 133-133. To 114 kind of a surprising win jacob i'll be honest um we're pro- probably part of the blue wire podcast network and dailythunder.com and if you don't already please be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to those uh leave us a five-star rating and follow us on social media regardless of your platform of choice whether that be instagram youtube twitter facebook or even tiktok we are there too uh jacob coming into this game looking at the injury report, looking at the things that Philly does well. Um, the 76ers are a good three-point shooting team. They've got elite guards. They've got an elite center. They're fully healthy. The only three guys in the injury report were G League assignments. You look at the Thunder on the flip side, uh, a young team, not a contending team, doesn't have a center, not a great three-point shooting team. Like On paper, this should have been a blowout the opposite direction. Um, and I want to talk about some big picture takeaways. I think the the early burst from the Thunder, like throwing that first punch, it wasn't necessarily like the Thunder went up big early by any means. Um, but the first thing I want to talk about is Jalen Williams, who we'll talk about this later, but got our, our player of the game for the night. He comes out early and has like, what, seven points in the first couple minutes. The first basket of the game for the Thunder is a three from Jay Will. What did you see from him, and and what what surprised you most when you watched him tonight? I felt like I saw confidence that hadn't really been there before, especially in that first three. Like it feels like in practice he shoots that three a lot, but in games he shies away from it. I felt like I saw confidence tonight, and, and the most surprising thing, I mean, we were talking right before the show, Nick, that baseline jelly up and under. I mean. Mike, I did not know that that was, that was in the bag. That was nice. That was disgusting. That and then immediately the next possession was top of the key uh, at the at the three-point line. Head fake to lose Embiid, go down the lane, and then flip it over into a little finger roll. Um, 
He fouled a lot, ended the game with five fouls, didn't close the game as the Thunder went with Mike Muscala for the yep. stretching. Um, that sounds weird without context. Mike <laughs> Muscala can stretch the floor to shoot threes. Um, took a charge on Joel Embiid, which I tweeted, I would rather rumble shoot me with one of those T-shirt cannons than take a charge from Joel Embiid. Oh, God. Can you imagine? That would hurt so bad. Joel, like, literally is, like, close to double my weight. Like, yeah. he would he would break me in half. Yes. But he he looked confident. He looked like he belonged, right? He didn't look like he was just trying to, like, keep his head above water. He came in there and I thought played pretty well. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like he broke the stat sheet by any means, but I'd probably consider that the best game of his career. Like, Oh, not the, even close. Like, even outside of the box score, he was a legitimate spark plug early in the game. Like, mm-hmm. when you're playing against the Philadelphia 76ers, it's so easy to get down 12 and have to claw back the rest of the game. And like he was the spark plug early on. So it's impressive stuff from him. Um, it's one of those games you, you can't expect this from him every night. Like don't be, don't be pissed if next game he goes for two points on one of six shooting O of three from three with one rebound and no assists. Like it, it, it's, he's a rookie. He's uh a guy that I don't think anybody has crazy high expectations for, but I think watching a game like tonight, it further quantifies why Presti is like, you know what? Second round pick. We just took three guys in the lottery. Let's, let's, let's take, let's take a bit of a weird route here. You know, like they could have taken Jaden Hardy. They could have taken a bunch of guys that were maybe more popular on draft boards and and bigger on, on NBA Twitter, but they took a guy in Jay will and, and he's had a triple double in the G league. He's done some, some positive things. And I think tonight just goes to show why Presty said, screw it. We'll take a risk. Um, if it, if a second round pick even is a risk, I don't think you can ever say a second round pick is a risk. Um, second thing, speaking of sparks, it wasn't early in the game. It was later in the game, but Trey man, he's been a guy this year, just walking it back a bit. Looks really bad. Frankly, earlier in the season, um, goes to the G League, balls out, averages like 37 and a half points a game in the winter showcase for the G League, comes back. You can just visibly tell the dude is is confident. He's got the green light again. He shoots the ball anytime he touches it. He, he's a guy that he, he, if anybody has to have confidence on this team, it's probably Trey Mann, just given the way he plays and he, he likes to be flashy and do the step backs and the uh, the highlight kind of plays. I, I wouldn't call it his best game tonight, but maybe his best stretch or one of his better stretches of the season where there was a point that the game starts getting close and you're wondering if the Thunder can bounce back and, and Trey Mann produces points in a hurry. What would you see from him tonight and where would you put this kind of performance relative to the rest of his games this season? Yeah, I tweeted at one point. I forget when it was. I think maybe the third quarter leading into the fourth. I think you're uh, right. That, that I thought it was the best stint, like the best, not full game, but just like one stint in the game of his season so far. Trey ended um, 18 minutes. He was a plus 19. He had 14 points on five of nice shooting, two of five from three, uh, two assists. He looked in control. He got the the cord pulled on him pretty quickly in Miami. And I thought tonight he came out with purpose. I thought he played good defense. And maybe to his benefit, had James Harden guarding him. And I mean, sometimes we talk about, you know, 
defenders being barbecue chicken. Harden is like barbecue chicken that you left in the barbecuer, like you Dark. forgot about it overnight. Uh, and then you woke up the next morning and you were like, oh, it's already like the meat's gone. It's just burnt. It's just, burnt. just bones left. Yeah. I mean, he, he he cooked Harden like a Thanksgiving turkey, dude. It was disgusting. But one thing I've noticed from him, Nick, he is shooting the three a little bit quicker, but he's kind of getting into the lane, into the and maybe not even the lane, into that mid-range area and making his dribble moves and creating that separation and shooting more pull-up twos um, off that separation. Yeah. I feel like I've noticed that more over the past few games, uh, maybe trying to find his rhythm early. I feel like his playmaking has been pretty good. Uh, and just defensively, he feels very locked in. I thought, I really thought he had like a great stretch of basketball tonight. Uh, maybe his best stretch of this season so far, which has admittedly been a struggle for him. So I really like what what I saw from him tonight. Yeah, same here. Uh, speaking of getting the plug pulled early, I think this is something we need to talk about brought more broadly than just this game tonight. But you, you brought it up, and I want to at least touch on it here briefly. Mark Dagnall, I think when he was hired, the sentiment was, He's been at Florida. He's been with the blue. Like almost every role he's been into this point has been, Hey, this guy can develop players. He's a perfect rebuild coach, but eh, when the thunder are going to be good again, maybe he's not the guy. I'm still not ready to say sign Mark to a 10 year contract by any means, but what we've seen in the past couple years, the thunder being ridiculously undersized, and still being a halfway decent rebounding team and being a solid defensive team and getting the team to buy in. And you see games like tonight and against the Celtics and against the Grizzlies. And it's like these guys, Mark, Mark is doing something right. I don't know if that translates. If you go trade for a, a 31 year old superstar that, that doesn't like to listen to coaches, like that's a whole different story, but with the guys he's got now, he's doing a spectacular job. Um, he's, he's pulling guys like Trey man when they're not doing what they need to do. He's not scared of saying, Hey, I don't care if you're a, uh, a damn near lottery pick like Trey man, I'm pulling you. And we saw that his rookie year too. Uh, what have you thought about Mark and has your outlook on him changed longer term after seeing what he's done the past couple seasons? There's so much context. We don't know with coaches, but from what we see, like, like you said, he's been awesome. Uh, he's been awesome building a culture. He's been awesome with accountability we got for the first time, I think ever, Nick, a glimpse into Mark Dagnall in a huddle in that TNT game. Um, most times, whenever the TNT game goes to the mic'd up coach in the huddle, it's like, hey, come on, we got this, we got this, a few more stops. And Mark was just very direct. I think yeah. he said something like, we're taking bad shots, we're not moving the ball, we're not rotating on defense. We got to do those things to win. Stop taking bad shots, move the ball, Find the right, like just very direct, very straightforward. No animosity there, no anger, no calling people stupid or, or I mean, it was just, this is the reality of the situation. Just very blunt. And I think the guys respect that. The out of timeout stuff is always awesome, which how much of that is Mark versus Josh Giddy (laughs) just being incredible. incredible. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he has been wonderful and I at this point, I don't know why you would want somebody else like to be the coach at this point. Uh, one thing that kind of, this is getting deep in the weeds with it, 
But one thing that really jumped out to me, just the person that Mark is, it was a couple of games ago. I can't remember which game, and maybe you do, Nick. Somebody in a post-game scrum or at a practice asked Mark about fouls and like uh, guys fouling out and you subbing them out and, and intentionally like keeping them out of the game, which is like fouling them out. And he said that he used to be like that until one of the Thunder Analytics guys uh, talked to him about that and kind of changed his perspective. And as human beings, I, I can imagine, especially as the head coach of an NBA basketball team, you're probably very set in your ways and you're saying, it's my way, like I am the leader of this ship. And for him to openly say, you know, getting that new information changed my perspective and changed the way I run my guys with fouls. Being willing to take in new information uh, and let it change your perspective and change your viewpoint and, and change the way you operate, that's just growth, right? That That's someone who is willing to admit they're wrong and grow. I think it's really important to have that just in a leader in general. Yeah, 100%. That's really deep. Like, I'm not trying to, like, psychoanalyze Mark as a leader, but just those types of things kind of jump off the page to me, you know? No, I I think, I mean, the Thunder, a a data-driven organization, you you ask Mark questions post-game or pre-game, and he's always got some sort of, you know, we don't have enough sample size to say yes or no, so we go with this or... um, Oh, the, the stat on fouls and driving to the basket. Yeah. Remember his yeah, rant yeah. on that? I mean, yes. And it, actually, it's funny after that rant, uh, the Thunder's foul calls have gone up. Oh, insanely. Yeah. I, I asked him something uh, pregame last time I was in Oklahoma City. And it was about Shea intentionally missing that free throw. I forget which game it was. And I asked, you know, hey, was that your call about Shea missing the free throw on purpose to try to win the game? Um, and also, was that analytics driven? And he had an answer for it. He said, you know, the, the data would tell you this, that said, you know, he, he continued to go on with his statement. It's like, they're so data driven, which, which is a good thing and a, and a bad thing. But I think they also, they're not so far on the analytics side that they just blindly make decisions. Like you see that in baseball a lot, like teams won't play their best pitcher because he is not good against left-handed hitters and three of their guys are like, they, they take that combination of analytics that can give you insights, but also we know what the hell we're doing and it's paying mm-hmm. off hundred percent. Definitely. Definitely. So, um next next takeaway for tonight um just resilience i think you tweeted this out jacob too to start the second half oklahoma city uh suffered a 13-0 run so the sixers scored 13 straight points went from up 10 to down three in about three minutes of game time yeah and i think most of those points i think at least nine or 11 of those points were from harden and Embiid. they came out early they started cooking um they would have been really easy for the thunder to fold there and we could be post game podcasting. You probably wouldn't be on the pod right now if the Thunder yeah. had lost. Uh, Touche. The the Thunder could have folded up, and we could have said, you know what, the fully healthy Sixers that are one of the best teams in the league and might win it all this year just beat the Thunder. They came out the second half, and they just proved they were the better team. Didn't happen. The Thunder turned that thirteen zero run into a run of their own, where they went up by as many as nineteen points. There's a lot of things this year going back to talked about Mark and, and getting the team fired up, being a good defense, um, being a good rebounding team, despite being undersized, having these offensive flurries over the past, you know, five, six, seven games where they're like scoring the ball at a high level. This team plays like holistically beyond its years. A lot of that's Shea, right? Hot take. I think a lot of it's J-Dub too. 
Like this guy's a rookie that comes in, doesn't look scared or the moment's too big or he doesn't know what he's doing. Like they they just draft players that are going to go on the floor. They've been hooping all their life and they're going to do what they do best. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Sixers. Doesn't matter if they're playing on TNT. Doesn't matter if they're playing the worst team in the league. Like you're going to get the same consistent, steady guy. And the maturity of this young Thunder team being the youngest team in the league is just impressive. And tonight's another example of that. I think you could add Josh Giddy to that list as well. Yeah. Um, Royce Young of the Thunder actually tweeted at me tonight and said, if you were to like blindly turn this game on and not know anything about either team, you would think the Thunder was the veteran team tonight, the yeah. way they responded. Uh, and I can't, couldn't agree more with that. There was that third quarter, the beginning of the third quarter flurry that they rallied back against. And then they had built up that big lead. And at one point, the 76ers got it down to six points there in the fourth quarter. Um, it was down to a two-possession game after yeah. a pair of Joel Embiid free throws with about five, six minutes left. I think it was about four and a half minutes left, actually, because yeah. I thought, Thunder, two-possession game under five minutes to go? Never seen stri- this before. The, the Sixers were stringing together some stops. Yeah, and then the Thunder just absolutely executed down the stretch. They ran good defense. Um Josh Giddy had that like blazing fast down the lane lefty finish uh, to put them back up eight. Shea gets to the free throw line. They move the ball. Like there were, they were just a very mature team tonight. And the shot was falling. Sometimes the ball didn't go in the hoop, but I thought the production on how they were getting shots tonight was very, very impressive. I think maybe. One of the most encouraging things of this game for me, Nick, was late in the fourth quarter, Lou Dort drives in from the left-hand side, gets to the bucket where Embiid is, and Dort throws like this right-handed back into the lane wraparound pass to the Makes corner the right to a wide-open Ken. Yeah, to, the, to an open Kenrich Williams who misses the three, which feels impossible. Anytime Kenrich shoots anything but a free throw, I think it's going in. Um, yeah. But fires this pass to Kenrich for the three, doesn't go in, but the the production to to get to that shot is exactly what they are looking for. Exactly what they are looking for, and it's just it's been really impressive to see the youngest team in the league, the yeah. second youngest team in NBA history. The only younger team was this team last year. Like going through those progressions like that, making the right read, playing the right style of basketball. Um, they are building habits that will last them for a very long time. And if you build that, those habits and that foundation coming back from a, a 13 0 run, isn't like something to, to bat your eye at. It's just kind of routine for them. And the way they answer questions, Shay saying post game, you know, it's, it's a 48 minute game. They came out, they punched us and we just knew that we had to settle in and, and manage the run and, and make a run of our own. They are, very mature beyond their years. Yeah, no doubt. Last big theme here, and you just mentioned Josh Giddy. Um, there's been a lot of sophomore slumps this season. Like I, I feel like it's a, a bigger thing than normal. You've got Scotty Barnes, who was rookie of the year last year, has been frankly bad mm-hmm. relative relative to last year at least. Like I wouldn't call him a bad NBA player. Like he's absolutely going to be a star in this league, but relative to last year, not great. Um, Evan Mobley has been good but i don't think you would consider evan mobley like taking a huge leap this year 
Uh, Cade Cunningham has gotten hurt. Like there's all these guys. Franz Wagner has been incredible. Uh, but Josh Giddy is one of those guys that struggled early, you could say, but is now like hitting a different level. Like if you look at his career numbers versus the entire draft class, I believe he's sixth in scoring, first in assist, second in rebounding, which is phenomenal considering who's in that draft class and getting him at six. Um, my big takeaway from from him tonight is he's just playing better and better and better as the season goes on. And bigger picture, I think a theme last year, especially with some Shea comments, was like, can can Josh and Shea fit? I think we're getting to that sample size now where like these guys are both healthy playing all the time in the Thunder winning games. It's only up from here. Like the, the it's way not they just winning games, it's the way they play off each other. Yeah. And what's scary is the way they play and the gravity that they demand. Shea Shea's gravity comes from when I get to the paint, if you don't double team me, I'm either scoring the ball or I'm getting fouled because one guy can't guard me. Josh's gravity comes from if you're not really, really, really sticking on your man in the opposite corner, 50 feet away, I'm zipping a one-handed pass with either hand and getting him wide open triple. So like defenses have to be honest, just wait until Chet comes back and they get more shooters and free agency or the draft or via trade. Like I think the Josh Giddy SGA dynamic is is only up from here. Like the the comments of can they play together, get out of town. Because here's the thing. If Josh and Shea in the backcourt can't work, guess what? Josh can play the small forward. Josh can play the four. And then you bring in J dub or somebody else from the draft to play the two and the three. Like the versatility of this team, both Josh and Shea, they can play multiple positions. And and that's obviously the Thunder's building strategy is like, we're going to get guys that can play a bunch of positions, positionless, you get the rebound, you push it, you make plays, it's paying off, and they're way ahead of schedule. Yeah, uh, I think those two have been awesome playing off of each other. There's a lot of Shea driving and looking for Josh at the three-point line now because Josh is shooting the ball so well. There's a lot of Josh on the ball and Shea cutting, Shea screening. Uh, I tweeted tonight, I think the next evolution of that, They before I get there, they had a beautiful, uh, it was that first quarter, Shea passed to Josh and then cuts baseline, uh, and Josh hits him on the bounce pass for the dunk. Uh, I mean, we've seen the, you know, Shea finding Josh for threes uh, late in that Dallas Mavericks game. We saw the give and go against the Washington Wizards. They are intentionally trying to build that chemistry. I think the next step there uh, is twofold. Number one, it is Josh cutting off Shea drives. When You mentioned it. When Shea drives, it pulls five guys into the lane. And I would love to start seeing Josh cut more off of those. And then Josh screening for Shea, especially with his size. Uh, Coach mentioned preseason that they think Josh can put on 20 to 25 more pounds of muscle over the next three, four, five years. It's bonkers. That's we're talking six eight, six nine, two forty. I mean, we're we're talking that that's a legitimate power forward. We're talking like that dude is Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's like Tobias Harris size. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge, and we've already seen it in some capacity. Like Josh Giddy is not the he's like the anti Trey man. Josh Giddy is not going to create space by 
dribble, 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 step back, crossover behind the back, in and out, crossover behind the back, and all of a sudden he's open because he shook you out of your shoes. He does have a, an ability to be really, really good with like using his shoulders and like the ball fake, and he'll get you off balance, and then he'll he'll use his his large frame to to go straight into your chest and get you off balance even more, and then you're cooked. His ability to create space with being strong with the ball, having a big frame, and then just being taller than you, I'm going to shoot over you, I'm going to float it over you, is super impressive. If that dude gets to 235, 240... Dudes are going to bounce off of him. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. And, and, and here's the other thing. This wasn't one of my takeaways, but I have to say it on the pod. Josh Giddy is shooting 34, at least before the game, 34.1% from three. That is flabbergasting to me. Mm-hmm. Entering the season, if we'd have done our bets pod, and Jacob would have said, I'll bet you whatever you want, Josh Giddy's going to shoot 34% from three, I would have said, Hell no. Maybe yeah. maybe like 31, which would have been like a 5% increase. We're talking this dude shooting like 8 or 9% better from beyond the arc this season. Mm-hmm. Is it chip? I don't know, because changing your shot takes longer than a couple months. Um, nonetheless, if, if Josh Giddy can be a 34, 35, 36% three-point shooter for his entire career... Watch out. I, I, yeah. No, that, I'm with you. That's disgusting. Last 15 for Josh. 17 points on nearly 14 field goal attempts a game. So that's 51.4% from the field. 38% from three on over three attempts a game. Uh, only one and a half free throw attempts a game. I'd like to see that number go up, but he's 95% from the free throw Good line. Grief. So he's 50, 38, 95. <laughs> Uh, eight rebounds, six assists, three turnovers. So that's a two to one assist to turnover ratio and a plus 2.8 per 100 possessions. Not to mention he can play any position besides center. It's he, I mean, I don't think we talk about it enough. No. How, how much better he has been. And especially late in games, I feel like he has been just as cool as the other side of the pillow. He's been, been ridiculous. It's been very, very impressive. A um, few other things from this game tonight, Nick. We, uh, we've we talked about a lot of stuff, and we haven't mentioned that Shea Gilgis-Alexander scored 37 points on 16 field goal attempts. 37 points, 10 of 16 from the field, eight rebounds, six assists, one steal and two blocks. Ultra-efficient. Who were the one steal and two blocks on, Nick? Mr. Joel... Embiid. That and was both that was, blocks right at the rim. That was actually one of my my other points that I was going to bring up tonight. Is like you look at the box score. Th- this is the problem with Oklahoma City is they're not on national TV. So most people that are like following the Thunder nationally are like checking box scores for the most part. There, there's people that go back and there's like Keith Smith, who we've had on the pot a bunch, is is one of those guys. It's just a, a basketball junkie. He misses a game. He's going to go watch it at 7 a.m. the next morning, and he actually is watching games. But most national people out there are checking the box score. And you see Shea, two blocks and a steal. You're like, yeah, that's that's a solid game. Like, actually, not much better than he's averaging. Like, he's averaging a lot of blocks and a lot of steals this season. I think he's a leading shot blocker among guards yep. this year. Um, he's up there on steals as well. Two and one is is a solid game. It's not a fantastic game. may not even stick out if you look at the box score. But just like any statistic, just like 
the reason the eye test is so important is because there's much more than the box score. And knowing that he blocked Joel Embiid at the rim twice and then ripped him in a pretty significant moment in the fourth quarter speaks volumes to him. And his All-NBA resume, his case, his his All-Star case, he's doing it on both ends. We talked about this for years with Shea. I compared him to Bradley Beal a bunch up to this point. Like Brad Beal had the, the 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 size to be a combo guard that had the length that could defend if he wanted to. And before this season, Shea was kind of the same way. If Shea really wanted to, he had the tools to defend. This is the first year we've really seen it. And holy crap, that dude is good. Yeah. Well, Nick, you just mentioned it. Let's get to a YouTube comment real quick. Tristan says, let's assume things stay the same for now. And all NBA guard locks are Steph, Luca, Jaw, Donovan Mitchell, and one of Kyrie or Booker, depending on games missed. Does Shea get that sixth spot? Or who could take it from him? Um, I wouldn't assume. I wouldn't assume Donovan Mitchell's a lock. As good as he's been this year, he had probably the best performance we've seen in fifteen or twenty years. I don't know if I would consider him a lock yet. I think Steph, Luca, and Jaw, just with the hype they get, are always going to be locks. Mm-hmm. Like even the Kyrie stat- Booker one, I think is like neither of them. It's not an either or with them. Um, that could be Shea's spot as well. Yeah, I mean, especially with with Booker missing a bunch of time mm-hmm. right now. Like he hadn't been in the lineup for a bit, and he still got a ways to go. Uh, I think that I think I would take Shea over both Kyrie and Book. That's probably being a bit biased, just because I watch Shea every single night, and I haven't watched Kyrie or Booker more than a few times this year. Hot take. This is going to get you going because this is one of your your draft crushes, one of your guys. We got to consider Tyrese Halliburton. I yeah. take Halliburton over Booker right now. Halliburton in, in the been LNBA. Incredible. Yeah, Halliburton been, has been incredible. Booker's good, dude. Yeah, really, really good. But no, I think Shea's all. We're we're only halfway through the season. We still got half the story to tell here. But as of right now, Shea is an All NBA caliber player. I'm not saying first team, yes. but he is an All NBA caliber player. I mean, Steph has been awesome. Steph's missed a lot of time, too. Like yeah, Shay's played a, a lot point. of games. It's a good point. Shay's played a lot of games. Um, Nick, we were talking about blocks earlier. Yep. Uh, I also want to shout out J-Dub, Jalen Williams. Six of 11 tonight, two of three from three. Five rebounds, four assists, a steal, and a block. He ended with 14 points. And that block was a doozy. Turnover and transition. Tyrese Maxey, who is faster than lightning, gets down the court. And for the second time in two games, J-Dub just gets up and beats someone's shit off the glass. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. He is so good. Like, Summer League, we saw the flashes when he was like, guarding Jabari Smith Jr. and blocking his stuff in Summer League. And you're like, yeah, that's that's super high upside. But again, he's going against... Like the Rockets squad for that game was like four or five of their young guys and then some G-leaguers. Mm-hmm. You're like, when he gets to the NBA level, there's going to be an adjustment period. It's going to be tough to get better and, and really thrive at this level. Every single game, J-Dub gets better and better and better. Especially on the defensive end. You Especially. are really starting to see the growth on that defensive end. I I came into the season. So with Chet's injury, there's an obvious like one of the top five picks or one, one of the first team all NBA picks is wide open because even if the top four outside of Chet, the top five, you take the four guys outside of Chet, like even if they play bonkers, they're going to get uh, an all NBA nod first team or all rookie team uh, nod. With him out, there's an extra spot. I think there's there's some guys that were drafted ahead of J Dub that you could you could argue he could be above. As the season goes on, though, I'm not convinced he doesn't still have a shot at first team. Oh, I think right now he is first team all rookie. Like and fifth. something something is going to have to happen that is like a bad injury, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, or just like he goes out every game and literally pulls a Paul Pierce and poops himself and can't play. Like, I think he is a lock. I guys that are in over him for, for, for sure. first team or for all rookie for first general. team. I think, think right now he is a first team, team lock. You got Paulo Bancaro. Yes. Benedict Matherin started the season out great. He's a lock. So I th- I think he's in there. Yeah. Uh, after that, who is it? Keegan. Keegan's a lock. Because he's, I mean, he's, he's on a winning team and is arguably one of their most important players. Yeah, Keegan's been good. I think J-Dub is right there. Mm-hmm. And, and then I think people would probably say like Jade and Ivy. I, I think that the swing here, I, I think Ivy has a great chance because Cade's out. And if anyone's got the opportunity, it's him. Jabari Smith does get more efficient as the season goes on. He's had some up and down games more recently, but which is kind of funny to think about. Similar to last year with Josh Giddy and Jalen Green and Western Conference Rookie of the Month, and this this first team all rookie for J Dub may come down to Jabari Smith Jr. and him. It could for yeah, sure for that for that final. And spot. again, we have half a season to go. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen, but I would have J Dub as a lock for first team right now. And I don't know if it's close. I mean, Jabari 
is getting better. Jaden's been all right. I mean, J-Dub is actively contributing to winning basketball. I don't yeah. know how much that, yeah, yeah. that plays a role to voters. Also, just shouting it out there. If you're a fan of J-Dub, like Meek Leak says mm. here, J-Dub is my favorite player. Uh, keep your eye out on the uncontested. Got something coming soon, eh? Got something cooking. Got it in the crock pot. Yes. Get ready. Yes, 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 yes. Should be dropping soon. Um, Nick, do you want to take a few of these listener questions before we get out of here? Yes. And Such I'll, a fun I'll, night. We've got a ton of people in the chat. I think we kind of owe it to them. I agree. And I'll, I'll, I'll uh, scrape the Twitter. I tweeted out if there's any Twitter questions. Is there anything that the chat does not cover? I will bring those up at the end. Perfect. Uh, before we do that, any other box score, player, theme stuff you want to talk about? Uh, our guy Darius Baisley broke the DMPs. We've got 14 minutes tonight. We don't need to talk about Baisley. Okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, Kenrich Williams does good stuff. Mike Muscala played well. We talked about Trey. It was a good I, team effort all around. Like everybody yeah. actually contributed. It's it's it hard to find somebody on this this uh, spread spreadsheet. Uh, this this uh, box score. Holy smokes! There we go. The box score that you would like really be upset about. Lou Dort one of seven. Uh, that's two nights in a row. He's gone like one of seven or one of eight or one of nine or whatever. Um, but he still played good defense. Um, we haven't mentioned, we kind of mentioned this, uh, but we just got to say it again. James Harden is cooked. I mean, Shea was intentionally seeking out the switch for Harden. Yeah. So, also, Meek Leak says, you got an interview with J-Dub? No. no. Don't get your hopes up that high. But we got something cool. We, we, we could get an interview if we wanted to, but this is, this. is I think this is bigger and more important. And, and, you, and you benefit from it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, let's spin through these comments. Um, Hustle and D says, Thunder continue to cook these contenders. I mean, Philly had been playing really good basketball before yeah. tonight. And so this healthy, is, like I said, I think this is maybe the most impressive one of the season, all things considered, on the road, rallying back from that 13 0 run. Um, biggest, biggest like team effort. Like the Boston game was obviously like they clapped them, but like top to bottom, a game that actually was a game for the entire time. The Boston game was over early. Mm-hmm. This uh, one felt this like one you was... had to like dig deep. Yep. Uh, Meek Leak asked if we want to talk about the base minutes. Um. Sure. I mean, it's not like he's been DNP'd for 12 games in a row. Like he's played. It's like four. There. It's like three, four, and then he plays, then three, four, then he plays. Um, hey, he I, made us. I'll, I'll give him some props. He made his free throws. And he did some good things on defense. Yeah. And he's he's a great defender. Like I think we like we, we talk about him a lot as a guy that's like, is his time here done? He's getting DMPs. He's still a really, really good defender. Like that you, you can't deny that. Mm-hmm. Also, quick, some good stuff quick, quick shout out from the Twitter. Uh Kieran Kaufman tweeted out a picture tonight from uh the Philly game with mm-hmm. the uncontested U hat. Oh no crap. He yes. just he he's in the chat here as well. Great oh, first Thunder game. So my Kieran, guy. My that guy. was your first game ever. That's dope. Thanks for wearing that the hat. Sick. Man. Yes. That's a it's a Absolutely badass awesome. hat and a badass jersey with the with the sunset with the orange. I love it. Oh sweet. Uh he also had my favorite comment of the night that said Baisley's like Robertson. If Robertson didn't know he couldn't shoot. Oh, the just irrational confidence of, of Darius Bates. Eamon wants to know if you are memorizing those all-star by Smash Mouth lyrics. 
Because you're about to owe me a payout. I know, I know, I know. I could, there, Shea, Shea could have a a season-ending injury tomorrow and still make the All-Star team. He's he's not going to start, I don't think, because he's after today's vote came in, he's going to be fourth in the fan voting, which is 50% yeah. for the starters. It's tough. Then it's 25% media, 25% players. So he's not going to get top two after the cumulative. No. Uh, but, I mean, he'll be the first guard picked by the... Uh, the coaches. Yeah. I'm really interested to see like who drafts him uh in the in the all-star draft who, live on who are the captains projected to be. Is it Giannis LeBron again? Uh, I think it's KD LeBron. KD LeBron. Oh, I hope KD drafts him. That'd be fun. That'd I'd be like cool. that. Um Hayden Peterson says Harden hey, looked hey, like a what up, my guy. He said Harden looked like a rotisserie chicken. Kind of like that rotisserie chicken Taylor's gonna have to eat live on the show. Yes. Hayden Hayden Peterson's the better of the two Petersons, if if I must say. <laughs> Um, Carl asks, is Shea going to get most improved player? Um, I saw something today on Twitter that he was now second in Vegas for the award. Behind. Um, I'm trying to think who it was behind. He he was like the big time. Oh, behind like, Laurie. Yes. Mark that's correct. That's correct. He was like Shea was like minus four hundred a couple weeks ago. Uh Markinen just been balling out. I it's it's relative. It's like most improved versus last season. So like, yeah, Larry last season was a guy that we were like, would anybody trade a first round pick for this guy? And now he's great. Last season, Shea was a guy that you'd have to trade five first round picks for. Now it's eight first round picks. So it's like relative to last season, maybe Larry's better, but I still think Shea deserves the award. Yeah. Connor says great pod. And then asks if the 76ers called Preston offered Tyrese Maxey for Josh Giddy. What do you think they say? No. I think I'm with you. I don't think the Sixers even offer. I, I think it's one of those situations we talked about before where both teams value their guy higher. So that conversation didn't even happen. David says, did anyone else think the eye test uh, for this game wasn't the best Giddy or Shea game? And then we're surprised to see the numbers at the end. For I, I think for the Giddy, eye test. Yes. Say it again. For Giddy, I would say yes. Um, I like like the five assists in the first seven minutes of the game. I did not. It didn't like it didn't register with me. Like mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 game, the first half of the first quarter, basically, um, Thunder offense is rolling. They're getting good shots. They're they're hitting their threes. And I look at the boxer and like five assists for Josh already. And then as the game goes on, he quietly scores. Shea had some pretty special moments, like the the. It was like a crossover behind the back where James Harden was just lost and he hits the jump on his face. Like, Call Door the Explorer. Get because, that man a map. Because of that, because of the free throws, I think Shea was less quiet. But I, I do agree, Josh, from the eye test, was uh, surprising versus the, the box score. Yep. Um, Connor says, my expectations for J-Dub continue to rise. He's the most exciting player the Thunder have drafted since Russ or KD. Mm. Is he intentionally leaving Harden out because it's the Sixers game? Maybe. Um, I haven't looked at it. I would assume J-Dub's rookie numbers are looking very close to Harden's rookie numbers. I actually haven't looked at that. It's a good, it's a good thing to uh, maybe dig into and talk about on the on the Sunday pod. Um, I would say I still think most exciting has still got to be Chet, right? Even though he's out for the year. Um I don't know if anything in my life has made me more excited than that first Utah Summer League game, Nick. Oh my God. I 
I probably had some irrational takes. That was one of our most listened to pods. Shows of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that was but, number three. Drafting Chet was one, I think. And then Chet's first game was three. The dude is special. Um, that's probably the most exciting. But frankly, actually, I probably was not super excited about J-Dub, to be honest. My evaluation of him coming into the draft was not worth lottery. I'm the fool now. I'm talking about him as a, the top five guy in this class. He's awesome. Uh, Eamon says, coming into the night, Shea is the only player with 30-plus blocks and 50-plus steals per the Thunder. Oof. Uh, only player in the NBA? I think so. Wow. Uh, first team all defense? No, not really. But uh, I think that does help his, his all-NBA case. Like, if the people that are voting hope they're smart enough to think about both sides of the ball. Um, Robert, sorry, we got a lot of YouTube comments, so we're going a little bit long here, but I think we're okay with that because this place is popping. We love it. Robert says, I assume for the sake of our future, Lou is going to take a few steps back in his offensive role. When do you think we will see that? Because I, for one, am tired. I had the same thought tonight, actually. Uh, Jacob, do you have the box score pulled up? How many, Lou ended up with like seven, eight shots. One of seven from the field, one of three from three, one of two from the free throw line, two rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Okay, so that is the... It's not the efficiency you'd like to see from Lou. One of seven's bad. But that's the type of offensive aggressiveness that I think he will have to maintain on a regular basis. Like There will be nights, like even next year when Chet comes back and a lottery pick comes in, um, Lou will have games where he takes 15 shots because he's on fire and he's, he's getting good looks. But Lou Dort on this team, at some point, is going to have to not realize I think he's being empowered to be a, a offensive minded player right now, just given the, the state of the team, he's going to have to be the defensive stopper that doesn't care about taking a ton of shots. Mm -hmm. So I think the volume tonight would be ideal next year, the year after if he's not traded. Um, so I, I do think for the sake of the future is the question that'll come naturally. Like if the thunder draft Brandon Miller, who just a baller kind of score, He's going to demand 14, 15 shots. They got to come from somewhere. They're not coming from Shea. They're not going to come from Chet. They're not going to come from Giddy or J Dub. They're going to come from Dort. Yep. Um, Tristan says, any chance this offseason we make a real win now type move for anyone other than just a good role player? Uh, I'll take this one real quick, Nick. I don't think the Thunder are making any sort of significant trade until they have a large sample size of Chet Holmgren on this team. I have been saying for a few weeks now, and I will continue to say it. I think there is a decent chance, depending on where the Thunder land in this draft, that you see maybe some significant draft capital moved this offseason on, on draft night to move them up. Agreed. Trade 10. Let's say they get picked 10 this year. You trade 10. You trade your next year's first. You trade uh, the Houston first, and you trade somebody like a like a Lou Dort or a Trey man or something to get up to number five, to get the dude that you want. I think they will move up in the draft. I do not see a significant addition, like an all star level player to this team. And so they have a very large sample size of what Chet looks like next to Shea. Yeah. I, someone actually texted me that last night, a college buddy that said, I'm going to make a move this summer. It's the same two reasons. Like one, uh, until you see what Chet Holmgren looks like on this team, it's hard to, to, confidently trade a boatload of assets for a guy that you're not sure how it would fit in your head because you can't mm -hmm. even picture what, what Chet looks like. But then to the CBA still, 
mm-hmm. and until that's in place, like I just I just don't think the Thunder are going to be making a significant move before then. Hayden says, "Quote: This is J Dub, and you're listening to the Uncontested. That'd be hey. dope. That's not the J Dub thing either, though." <laughs> Um, let's see. Any other ones? Oh, I think Meek Leak figured it out before we actually dropped the news. Meek, keep it quiet. Oh, Meek Leak, no. Um, okay, last one. Hayden's got the rookie numbers. Harden rookie numbers, 10 points, three rebounds, two assists, 40, 38, 80. J Dub 12, 3.63 on 51, 29, 74. So the three point difference is large, uh, but J Dub leading in every other statistical category against Harden's rookie year. Yeah. I mean, I, I tweeted that earlier the Katie Harden, Russ, Giddy first 90 games when, when Giddy hit that milestone of 1,000 points, 700 rebounds, 500 assists. I think he was among those four. So again, Katie Harden, Russ, Giddy. The, the kind of last four homegrown top guys they've taken. He was like third in points, first in assists, first in rebounds. Last thing before we get out of here, Nick, uh, Joe Masato, friend of the podcast, um, workhorse Joe, Joe Masato. I don't know if anybody works harder on the Thunder beat than Joe. That man it's never not stops. A, not even a question. He's the hardest worker on the beat. It's insane. Uh, tweeted out, he's in Philly tonight. SGA asked about the Thunder's rebuild. Quote, I think we're going to be really good team a lot sooner than people think. I see the growth every day. I see the growth in the last five months, year, two years, and I'm super excited about it. It's funny, Jacob. Since... I, I heard he was, was tired of losing and he yeah, was going to yeah, be yeah. the next traded guy. I remember I was in I was in San Diego. I forget what game it was, but it was like November... Weekend of November 5th that rumor came out that SGA was tired of losing. Since that moment, you ain't heard a peep about Shea being unhappy or wanting to win or wanting out or the, the trade rumors aren't like, it's not happening. Funny so, it, unless, unless you are at generic Phoenix Suns fan. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're the host tonight. Get us out of here. So the Oklahoma City Thunder's next three games are the their road trip will continue. It's still a tough slate, although these two teams, I think the the consensus from NBA Twitter would say these these teams are not scary, but they've got talent. They're going to be tough games. You got the Bulls on Friday. You got the Nets on Sunday. Both on the road. Uh, between those two days, the Thunder are going to be in Brooklyn on Sunday, like I mentioned. Saturday, Josh will be at the NBA store in New York, which is super dope. Uh, he'll be signing autographs. If you spend $50 or more, you get a wristband. You can go get whatever merchandise you want to be autographed by Josh Giddy. Uh, and then they'll finish back uh, with the Pacers back at home on Wednesday before another two-game road trip. So uh, three games that are definitely winnable. Like I think you look at Bulls and Nets, Pacers, Oklahoma City could win all three of those games, but they're also good enough uh, opponents that are could lose all three. Nets um, have no KD. Pacers still, have no Tyrese Halliburton. Still. Um, good enough teams that you, you can't slack off and go in there and just and, and coast. Um, like the Miami Heat. Gosh, no kidding. So the Thunder now 19 and 23. Jacob, that puts them one game out of the play-in. The current 10 seed is the... Oh, it's so it pains me to say this. The, the Minnesota Timberwolves, who spent 
an incredible amount of draft capital to get Rudy Gobert. I think we all, when that tray went down, put our hands on our head thinking, what are you doing? Oh no, baby, what is you doing? And it's been that. It has been a lot of what are you doing. Um, in fact, uh, they're actually tied with Utah, who's kind of plummeting. Or three, or they're in their last ten. I think they're like four and six or something like that. They've they've been bad of late. Uh, they continue to drop in the standings. Like if the Thunder go beat two of the next three teams they play, they could be in the play-in. Which second half of the season being in the play-in, this team never would have thought it. Um, again, 1923, three games upcoming between now and next Wednesday. We'll have you guys covered on post games for all those three. Plus the, uh, the group pod will be after that Brooklyn Nets game. So that'll be, um, less of a, a post game more of the standard group pod where we cover around the association and a bunch more topics. Um, until we talk to you guys next on Friday, be safe. Thunder up play in game. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.